Hello and welcome to the Jesus Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Lena Elsia Lee, also known as Lena the Jesus Witch on TikTok and Instagram. The Jesus Witch Podcast is a show dedicated to opening the conversation about including Jesus in witchery practices. The goal of this podcast is to not be evangelical. The goal is to spread the love, light, truth, acceptance, and oneness that is Jesus Christ himself. Here at the Jesus Witch Podcast, we believe all people are loved by God and all people are loved by Jesus. We believe in community and the power of fellowship. We believe in giving whatever you reasonably can to help your neighbor who's in need. And above all, we believe in the power of creating a relationship with Jesus that is authentic and unique to you. Join me for new episodes of the Jesus Witch Podcast every single Monday and be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Lena Elsia Lee, also known as Lena the Jesus Witch on TikTok and on Instagram. This week on the podcast, we are going to be talking all about oracle cards versus tarot cards. What are they? What is the history behind each one of them? And how do you use them? Before we start this week's episode of the Jesus Witch Podcast, I have a super exciting announcement to share with you. On January 7th, 2023, we are going to be having our first live recording of the Jesus Witch Podcast. This is something that myself and my friends Charlie and Christina have been working on for a while and I'm just so excited to announce this with you and tell you all about what the live show is. So this live show is going to be hosted over Zoom so no matter where you are in the world you can join us for this event. During this live show, we are going to be taping two different episodes of the Jesus Witch Podcast. The first one is going to be our in-bulk episode, and the second one is going to be a live Q&A episode with me, and that one I am so excited for. Tickets for the live event are going to be on my Etsy shop starting on October 1st. Your ticket includes access to the live event where we will be recording the Q&A episode of the Jesus Witch Podcast along with our in-bulk episode of the Jesus Witch Podcast. During our in-bulk episode, we'll talk all about the holiday and how to celebrate it as a Jesus witch. Your ticket will also include a digitally downloadable Bible-based spell specifically for in-bulk and the link to a Google document where you can ask your questions for the Q&A portion of the live event. Tickets to this event are $25 each and they will be available on my Etsy shop until December 18th. I am so excited for our live event. I think it's going to be so much fun and a really cool way to record the Jesus Witch podcast. So if you're interested in joining us for that, the link to my Etsy shop along with all the other ways to support the Jesus Witch podcast will be available in the show notes page. So now let's jump into our conversation about tarot versus oracle cards. So first, I thought it would be fun to go into the history of both tarot and oracle, then talk about what they are exactly, and then finally finish this episode off with how to use them. So first, let's talk about tarot. What is tarot exactly? Tarot is a form of divination using 78 playing cards that all have an assigned meaning to them. Meaning like the Fool is new beginnings, the Seven of Swords usually is betrayal, the Ten of Pentacles is usually a stable home life. However, this does not mean that you can't have your own meaning to each of the cards, your own spiritual dictionary of what each card means to you. However, typically each of the 78 tarot cards have a specific meaning ascribed to them. And here's a little bit about the history of tarot just so that you know a little bit more about where this divination practice came from. 
Tarot was invented during the 1930s in Italy. They started out as a typical playing card game, you know, like one that you would go to CVS and buy today. Um, but what made tarot specific and different than traditional playing cards is that they added a new suit to the existing four-suited pack. This was a suit of 21 specially illustrated cards called the Triumphi, which also means the Trumps, aka the Major Arcana cards. And an odd card to start out these cards was added called Il Mato, which means the Fool. So here's just a little fun story <laughs> about tarot that um, I can't help thinking about whenever I think about how tarot was invented. But my mom was always really against tarot cards. That's the one thing that she was always very skeptical about. My mom loves astrology. She thinks spell work's interesting. You know, like this woman was raised Roman Catholic and she's like, yeah, Catholicism's basically witchcraft. I really don't know what you do differently than they do in the church sort of thing. However, Tarot cards, huge red flag for her. I'm not really sure why. I think it has a lot to do with like a lot of the misconceptions surrounding tarot and her thinking that the information that you were getting was coming from a more maleficent source versus like your own subconscious and your higher self and God himself kind of thing. Anyway, I explained to her that tarot was actually invented in Italy, which is where my mom's family is from. She's first generation American. And um, after that, it was like, okay, you can read tarot cards. <laughs> just for the sole fact that they're Italian, you can read tarot cards. So, I don't know. I just think it's funny, and I think about that every time I think about the history of tarot. So now that we've established what tarot cards are, a little bit about the history of tarot, let's talk about oracles. What are oracle cards? So like tarot cards, oracle cards are a divination system designed to help give you spiritual guidance using the form of cards. However, unlike tarot, there's not a set number of oracle cards that should be in each deck. Each tarot deck will usually have 78 cards unless you get like a specialty deck, like I have this Wandering Star Tarot, and there's actually 80 cards in here because the um, illustrator decided to make two of her own cards to add to the deck. But in general, each tarot deck has 78 cards or around that number. However, with Oracle, they add as many cards as they feel like needs to be added into the deck. There are Oracle decks that have 40 cards, Oracle decks that have 20 cards, Oracle decks that have 80 cards, Oracle decks that have 30 cards. It really doesn't matter with Oracle decks. It just depends on the type of deck, what the author was going for, what the person who was designing it was going for, and what messages were meant to be given with that specific deck. Unlike tarot, there are also no specific imageries or specific cards that are added to each oracle deck. Like in tarot, you'll always have the fool, the high priestess, the hierophant, the swords, the aces, the cups. They might have like different names. Like I have the cat tarot and for cups in the cat tarot, it's bowls because, you know, cats drink out of bowls kind of thing. And like for those who have the... Um, Oh gosh, Nightmare Before Christmas. That's what it's called. The Nightmare Before Christmas deck. I believe instead of swords, it's needles. Um, and instead of pentacles, it's buttons. So there are different names sometimes for the different suits. However, tarot decks will typically follow the formula of the four suits, the swords, cups, pentacles, and wands with the 21 um, major arcana cards. Oracle cards do not follow that formatting at all. Oracle decks tend to be more open for interpretation. They tend to be easier to read. They tend to have um, keywords or key sentences about the cards on the card themselves. So you really don't have to reference a guide unless you want to. 
I feel like Oracle is just an easier step for somebody who wants to get into card divination but doesn't know how or feels like the 78 tarot deck might be a little bit too much or too overwhelming for them. So now let's talk a little bit about the history of oracles. This is just a little summary of what oracle is, but there are so many different traditions and stories surrounding them from many different cultures. So if this is something that you're interested in, I recommend you doing further research um, to look at it through different lenses because today we're going to be talking about specifically the mentions of oracles within the Bible. So in the New Testament, the term oracles of God refers to the word of God. And in the Old Testament, the term oracle or oracles of God sometimes refers to the part of the temple where you can find God in. In 2 Samuel 16, 23, the oracle of God that gave Athiel wisdom means the word of God, or more specifically, a divine utterance delivered to man. So the way that I personally took this is that an oracle, especially in the Old Testament, refers to somebody who's being specifically spoken to by God. And that person that God is talking to, the oracle, they are a mouthpiece for what God wants to say, for his words, for the message that needs to be delivered to the people. Other places in the Old Testament, the oracle of God refers to the place where God dwelt, the most holy place in the temple that contained the Ark of the Covenant. This was a place where people could go and inquire more about God's wisdom, will, and word. And I feel like this definition more aligns with like the New Testament definition of what an oracle is because in Acts 7 38 Stephen speaks about how Moses received living oracles to give us the word of God which was basically referencing how Moses heard the word of God and told it to the people. In modern usage the word oracle often refers to a person specifically a priest or a medium through whom gods or spirits speak. An oracle can also be the place where a priest or a medium receives divine messages. So the passage that I read here came from a Christian website, funny enough, called gotquestions.org. And usually the information that's on there is um, questionable. You know, I mean, for us people who have deconstructed out of the church. However, I found this article that they wrote on oracles to be absolutely fantastic because they don't talk about mediums in a negative way. They simply present them as oracles of God, which like is so fantastic. I can't, um, but I will leave the link for this article in the show notes page so you could check it out for yourself. So now that we have an idea of what tarot cards are and what oracle cards are, Let's talk about how to use each of them, how I personally use each of them, and how I involve Jesus with my use of both tarot and oracle cards. Before we get into this piece, I just want to say that a lot of what I'm about to say is purely based on my own opinion and what works for me in my own practice. Now a quick break from this week's episode of the Jesus Witch Podcast to talk about a few ways you can help support the show. One way you can help support the creation of the Jesus Witch Podcast is to become a supporter of us on Patreon. On our Patreon, there are four different tiers that you could choose from, and they're all named after tarot cards. We have the Fool, the Magician, the Hierophant, and the High Priestess. In the Fool tier, you get early ad-free episodes of the Jesus Witch Podcast, extended show note pages when available, Christian tarot grimoire pages, and access to our monthly community oracle reading. In the Hierophant tier, you get everything from the Fool tier, tarot spreads to help your connection with Christ, spirit, your higher self. I also like to put out new tarot spreads for each full moon or new moon, wheel of the year holiday, and zodiac sign. In the Magician tier, you also get 
one Bible-based spell grimoire page each month. This teaches you how to incorporate the Bible into your own spell practice. In the Hierophant tier, you get everything from the Fool and the Magician tiers, as well as a Happy Mail package from me every single month with the ingredients to make a spell, as well as an extra Bible-based spell page for your grimoire. And then you get access to our spellcasting Zoom each month where we do the spell that I sent you together. In the High Priestess tier, you get everything from the Magician, Fool, and Hierophant tiers, as well as an extra Bible-based spell from the Sun and Moon Oily Co. in your Happy Mail package each month, and a one-on-one Zoom call with me every single month to discuss your practice, how you're growing, and any suggestions that I could give to you to help you on your path. Patreon tiers start at $6.66 per month, and you can find the link to that in the show notes page. Another way you can help support the show is by shopping at my Etsy shop, The Sun and Moon Oily Co. Over on the Sun and Moon Oily Co., I offer Bible-based spell oils, ritual bath salts, Jesus Witch or Christian Witch-specific mystery boxes, and custom spell oils. Over on my Etsy shop is where you can also book different types of readings with me. I offer tarot readings for your inner child, channel messages from Jesus or from Lilith. I also have a listing for general tarot readings. You could grab a soul contract reading between yourself and another person or yourself and a deity that you're working with or curious to work with. Or even grab an astrology reading for yourself or an astrology reading for your kiddos to help you parent them better and more effectively. There's also Jesus Witch merch on my Etsy shop and so many other things that I am planning on adding to my shop. So head over to the Sun and Moon Oily Co. to check that out. Another thing you can do to support the growth of the Jesus Witch podcast is join our Discord community. The Jesus Witch Church is our free 18-plus Discord community where we host Jesus Witch Church services and moon circles. This is your place to ask all Jesus Witch or witchy questions in general and make some really awesome friends. You can find the link to our church in the show notes page. Another free way you could support the Jesus Witch podcast is by sharing this show with a friend and rating it on whatever podcasting app you're using with five stars. Leaving us a nice review really helps get the word out about the show, and don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. Another thing you could do to help the creation of the show is send a donation to the Jesus Witch Podcast via Cash App or PayPal. It takes a lot of time and effort for me to create the Jesus Witch Podcast, and getting donations helps me get the support and help that I need to be able to create this type of content for you. Donations also help keep this podcast free to everybody, so if you love this show and the information that's being put out there, please consider sending a donation to my PayPal or my Cash App. The username on both is the Jesus Wedge Podcast, but the link for both of those can be found in the show notes page. And the final way that you could help support the creation of the Jesus Wedge Podcast is by sending me a gift. In the show notes page, I have the link to my Amazon wish list. Everything that I put on this wish list was put there to help create content for you. Simply put, buying things off of this Amazon wishlist helps me so that I don't have to purchase them myself. So I can put more of my resources in towards making the Jesus Witch Podcast. If you would like to support the Jesus Witch Podcast by buying me a gift or in any other way, you could find all the links to everything mentioned in this ad in the show notes page. Now let's get back to the show. If what I'm saying does not resonate for you, that's totally okay because we're both meant to have different practices. However, my goal in sharing how I use tarot and oracle cards is simply to inspire you to pick up your cards a little bit more often and have different things to do with them. So let's firstly talk about how I use tarot cards because I feel like I use those way more often than I use oracle. 
I love using tarot cards in almost every situation for almost every single question that you can ask. The only thing I really don't like using tarot cards for is yes no questions because I feel like that's really difficult to get with the cards in general, no matter if it's tarot or oracle. If you're doing a yes or no question, then probably pendulum would be better suited for what you're looking for. Um, but other than that, I feel like tarot can ask almost any question. My personal favorite way to involve tarot in my practice is actually something I learned from my friend Shea Grillo. And this is what she teaches all of her tarot students because she teaches tarot and she's a fantastic teacher. But anyway, um, the one thing she teaches all of us is that in the beginning of the day, grab your tarot deck and you know shuffle through it and pull a card. Just observe the card. Don't make any assumptions based off the card. Look at it, look at the name, look at the art, right? Put it down and go do your day. Forget about the card. Do back, do do your day, do your thing, you know, live your life sort of thing, right? Then at the end of the night, before you go to bed, come back, look at that card and reflect on your day. What do you see in the card that happened to you? What imagery do you see that happened to you in that day in the card? What themes? What um, characteristics did your day have that same card like sort of thing and put those two together one I feel like this helps with you gaining your own spiritual dictionary on the cards and what they mean because while tarot does have um, specific assigned meanings to each card it is really important for a tarot reader to truly know their deck and what the deck means to them um, but I also feel like this is good because it gives you an idea of the energy of your day before you go into it. And if you're kind of looking at it as a clean slate, right, and you're looking at all the cards as a clean slate, there is a positive side to every single card that is in the tarot deck, right? So you could get the Seven of Swords and be like, wow, today I'm going to be overcoming a lot of difficult things in my life. So through this card that you see in your morning, you can speak victory, over your day just by relating a little bit of the energy back to like what you want to accomplish that day if that makes sense in another episode of the jesus witch podcast i believe it was the episode about the high priestess tarot card i described tarot almost as being a way of like texting your deities or texting spirit so that's how I use them is basically as like a quote unquote text messaging system with my deities. So I have decks that I ascribe to specific entities or specific deities. So like for Lilith, I have the Everyday Witch Tarot by Deborah Blake. It is absolutely gorgeous. I love this deck for Lilith so much. It's so cute. A shout out to my friend Christina who made me buy this deck. <laughs> Then for Loki, I have the Erythreal Visions tarot deck. You know that like beautiful gold printed tarot deck? Totally pronounced that wrong, but I'll leave it linked in the show notes page. I use that one for Loki, which like the art on it doesn't really give me a lot of Lokian vibes, um, but it was a deck that I had been wanting for a really long time. And when my mom and I went to, we went on vacation to Mystic um, and we brought the boys and my mom was like, I will buy you one thing in this metaphysical shop that's here. And I'm looking all over and they have that one specific tarot deck. And I just hear Loki in the back of my mind being like, fuck it, just get it. It's not chaotic enough for me, but just fucking get it. You want it. And <laughs> I kept going back and forth, back and forth. I did not know if that was the thing I wanted her to buy for me. Um, but ultimately it came down to like Loki really just being like, just get the damn deck. Stop being so indecisive. So now that's why I use that deck for him. 
For Jesus, I will typically use my Wandering Star tarot deck. Um, I do use my Wandering Star tarot deck as like my general tarot deck, but for me, if I'm just getting general advice, I want it from Jesus anyway. So that's the deck that I use most often. And then for like the Abrahamic God and Asherah, I tend to use the Lightseers deck more. So if I need guidance from a particular deity, I will go and grab whatever deck I align with them. And this philosophy also applies for me when I do readings for other people using different deities, right? So when I do my Talking to Jesus readings, which you can find in my Etsy shop, I always use the Wandering Star Tarot because I associate that tarot deck with him. Or if you grab a Lilith reading with me, I will be using my Everyday Witch Tarot deck because that is her deck and that's the one that she wants to work with no matter if she's reading with me or reading for somebody else. Another thing that I really love using tarot specifically for is decision making. And I don't just ask like my tarot deck like, what's going to happen if I do this? And what's going to happen if I do that? No. I ask my tarot deck, what is the energy of choice A? What is the energy of me completing choice A? What are the challenges of choice A? Like I ask multiple different questions about the energy of that situation. Then I do the same for choice B or for however many choices there are and kind of evaluate each pile of tarot cards that I get to determine which energy looks the most fulfilling, the most growth filled um, and the path that I want to go down for my spiritual development. Then that's how I make my choice. However, when we read tarot cards, we need to keep free will in mind. That means remembering that tarot cards are not here to make decisions for you. They're not here to tell you exactly what to do and how to do it. They're here to give you guidance and advice that you can take and use on your spiritual journey, but they're not meant to force you to do anything. I also don't believe that tarot is a tool that you can use to check up on other people or read other people without their consent. That's why when you get a reading with me, I won't do love readings like, does X, Y, and Z like me? Or is X, Y, and Z thinking about me? Because I don't have X, Y, and Z's permission to read their cards. So I'm not going to get an accurate answer for you because they're not allowing their energy to be shared with me. It is really important when doing a tarot reading, especially if you're going to be doing one between you and somebody else, to have consent from that person. Because at the end of the day, you really don't know if that person wants their energy to be read. I feel like this could be a little bit different with soul contract readings because at the end of the day with a soul contract reading, we're really looking at the relationship through your perspective and the growth that you're getting as well as the other person is getting, but it's really meant as a tool for you. But consent in magic, in mundane, and everything is always so important and tarot is no different. Another really fun thing that I like to do with tarot decks is to compare the cards. I like to look through each of my decks that I own. I think I own about seven now, maybe eight. I try not to buy too many because I know that I'm not going to use, like realistically, I know I'm not going to use all these decks, but oh boy, <laughs> it's hella tempting because they make some gorgeous tarot decks. Like, oh my gosh, they're beautiful. Um, but I love grabbing 
in my decks and I love looking at each of the cards and comparing each of the cards and the symbolisms, what's the same on each of them, what's different, um, and learning a little bit more th about the cards that way and in turn learning more about myself because of the way that I'm interpreting these cards and have a broader spiritual index and spiritual dictionary for what these cards can mean. Another thing that I really love to do with my tarot cards is use them as clarifying cards. So this kind of goes hand in hand with Oracle um, because with Oracle cards, I genuinely, like I've gotten to this point in my practice where I really don't like reading the guidebooks um, for Oracle decks unless it's like a very specific kind of Oracle, um, like the Angels and Ancestors Oracle by Kyle Gray. I like reading the guidebook there, but for the majority of them, like the Moonology Oracles, um, the holiday oracles like the Yule, Samhain, and Beltane oracle decks. I'm not the biggest fans of their guidebooks and not because the guidebooks aren't great, like they're fantastic, but because I like to create my own spiritual index of what these cards mean. Um, because for me, like sometimes, especially I found this, this is where I really, it started for me, but when I got the Beltane Oracle deck, I saw a lot of discrepancies between like the cards themselves and then the definitions that were in the book. Like the card and the little blurb on the bottom and like the energy of it just did not match what the book said about it in my opinion. So after that, after I started having like a lot of issues reading the Beltane Oracle using the guidebook, I said to myself, why am I using this guidebook? Clearly I'm not resonating with it. So I started like pulling those cards and I'm like, well, you know, I have this one Oracle card in front of me. I don't feel like one is enough, but adding more Oracle cards to it isn't really gonna help my problem either. So I started to pull tarot cards with each oracle card and that's how I figured out what those cards were meant to mean to me. So like when I do new and full moon readings, which I normally do on TikTok live around the time of the new and full moon, um, I use the Moonology Tarot deck by Yasmin Boland. Um, but I also use my favorite tarot deck, the Wandering Star Tarot deck, to get a little bit of clarity on the cards. Even though I have been working with the Moonology Oracle for like two years now, I still will pull clarifying cards because I feel like it's so useful to use both Oracle and Tarot together. Um, and it gets this really complete picture, especially when you're trying to like figure out what the energy of a specific um, moon cycle is meant to mean for you or a holiday or anything like that. But now let's talk about what I specifically like using Oracle cards for. And I, I feel like I started to tell you a little bit about that. Um, before, but I really like using Oracle cards during different moon phases or different during holidays or to connect with ancestors. I really like using Oracle for different moon phases and holidays because of the Moonology decks. Um, there's the Moonology, like the classic one, and the Moonology Manifestation decks, both by Yasmin Boland. I personally like the classic Moonology deck a lot more than the Manifestation one, um, but they're both really awesome, and I reserve those to use only during the full and the new moon. You could definitely use them on a daily basis, but these are like sacred tools for me to use to honor the moon and how her phases move and her cycles and all of that good stuff. So um, that is how I use my Moonology decks. Then I have the Wheel of the Year collection by Lorraine Anderson and Julie Diaz. They have the Samhain Oracle, the Beltane, and the Yule Oracle. I have all three. So for the Samhain Oracle, I start working with that 
in the fall. So Maybon was the first day that I started working with this deck. And this one's actually the newest one to me, the Samhain Oracle. I'm so excited about it. The cards in it have been awesome so far. I was literally doing a reading for my friend. She bought one of my Back to Your Roots Ancestor oils. And um, I was like, I'm going to give you a reading with this oil. So I go to my cards, to the, the Samhain Oracle. I felt really called to use that. I'm like, I feel like your ancestors want to talk to you through this Oracle deck. So I start shuffling the cards and the ancestor card flew, flew out. I have never experienced something like that. I was like dying, like dying during this reading freaking out about how in tune this deck was like it knew that I needed answers for ancestor work and to help her connect with her ancestors and give her guidance on how she should do that and it shows the ancestor card crazy the personality of that deck crazy but anyway but anyway, I've been using the Samhain Oracle for fall, for autumn. Um, the Yule Oracle I'll be using for wintertime. And then the Beltane Oracle I use when spring starts. And it keeps those decks sacred because I'm only using them during specific times of the year. Another way that I like to use Oracle is to connect with my ancestors. Kyle Gray makes this amazing, amazing ancestor deck called Ancestors and Angels Oracle. It is so good. I have not used another deck that my ancestors really pick up on. And I think a lot of that is like, you know, a lot of us have ancestors who may not have been witchy or may not be cool with witchy things, right? And I feel like Oracle is a lot more tame than tarot cards. And even though I believe once we go over to spirit and we realize, you know, what's actually going on here, um, we become more okay with like witchy things like tarot. But, you know, for certain personalities, the Oracle deck might be a little bit easier of a medium for them, might be a little bit more understandable for them. And also, because the Oracle deck is so like, they're easier to understand. There's not as many cards. They're more simple. They're easier for you to get to know. I feel like it creates an, a, a more simple pathway for your ancestors to actually communicate with you and give you the messages that you need in that moment versus like shuffling a huge tarot deck and like looking at the card and being like, what does this mean? No, like you have an Oracle card right in front of you, usually with some sort of meaning right on it. Like, easy to figure out kind of thing um and i feel like especially when we're getting getting information from our ancestors and who may have been people that we actually never have met before it might be a little bit easier to just get them through a very clear and direct way such as oracle i also really like oracle for people who are beginning their divination journey um i feel like it's super easy to understand like even though i personally don't use the guidebooks on oracle cards Guidebooks are so, 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 so useful and so much more simple, I feel, with Oracle decks. And because the creator of the Oracle deck, you know, the person who created every single card is usually writing the guidebook, I feel like they're a little bit more accurate and, like, relevant to the actual meaning of the cards than your typical tarot guidebook would be. And for somebody who's just beginning with Oracle, um, my favorite Oracle deck to use is the Work Your Light Oracle by Rebecca Campbell. She also created the Starseed and Rose Oracles, which are also fantastic Oracle decks. But I feel like the Work Your Light gives off some serious Jesus energy and Jesus vibes. It's actually like his Oracle deck. If I'm going to just pull a quick Oracle card with him, I'll use the Work Your Light. Um, and I feel like the Starseed 
Oracle gives a lot of like universal creator kind of vibes and then the Rose Oracle is really great for connecting with the Divine Feminine. I really love all of her three decks but if you if I just had to pick one to recommend to beginners it would be that Work Your Light Oracle deck. So I just wanted to add a little bit more about using these kinds of cards to connect with Jesus because this is the Jesus Witch podcast so let's have a moment to focus on him. So like I said before, I have specific decks that I use to work with Jesus on. Um, my Wandering Star Tarot is very much Jesus's deck. Same with my Work Your Light Oracle deck. Um, but I also have Jesus-specific Oracle cards. So I have the Loving Words from Jesus Oracle deck, and that is by Doreen Virtue. She makes a lot of awesome, like, Christian, Jesus, witchy Oracle decks. However, now she's a more evangelical person an evangelical creator and now she has come out denouncing and telling people that she does not stand by her old oracle decks that relate to christ and you know how divination is a sin yada 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 but her decks are still really great even though she's had this interesting shift in her spiritual journey um and in particular her loving words from jesus deck is just absolutely fantastic it's basically a bunch of bible verses that jesus himself spoke and they have these gorgeous imageries of jesus they're not accurate images of jesus i will say they're definitely whitewashed jesus but they're fun they're easy to work with they're very comforting they're great if you just need like a little bible verse just to get you through the day they very much help the other thing i really like to do when doing tarot or oracle card readings with jesus is light a jesus candle i know that that sounds like such a basic piece of advice but trust me using a candle during your spell work or your tarot readings or your oracle readings with jesus really helps because you, you you can use the flame as like feedback from him. You know, if it's like flickering a lot, like clearly his energy is there. Like I have his candle lit as I record the podcast and he goes crazy the entire time, the entire time. Like he loves that we're talking about him, that we're bringing him into magic, all that good stuff. Um, so I feel like he would enjoy if you lit a candle before you do tarot readings with him. And you can find Jesus candles anywhere. They sell them at Dollar General, Stop and Shop, Dollar Tree whatever but if you can't find a candle with Jesus's face on it or one that you like you could always use a white pillar candle and print a picture of Jesus or write the word Jesus on it or you could use a white tea light candle you know the ones that have like those aluminum bottoms put a J on the bottom right with a sharpie right that there you go you got a Jesus candle it doesn't have to be fancy it could even be a birthday candle that you've propped up very safely Use fire safety, but a birthday candle, whatever it be, just having some sort of flame, some sort of light, right? Jesus talks about us being the light of the world, him being the light of the world kind of thing. So I feel like it makes a lot of sense to add a candle into your tarot practice with him. So that is our conversation on tarot versus oracle cards. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Jesus Witch Podcast, and I hope it inspired you to use your tarot or oracle decks in a different kind of way. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on and give us a five-star review because that helps get the word out about the show. As always, anything that we talked about today will be found in the show notes page along with ways to support the show such as our Patreon, my Etsy shop, and the place to get tickets for our live show. Oh my gosh, I am like so excited. I'm so excited for the live show. 
And don't forget to give me a follow on TikTok. My TikTok is Lena the Jesus Witch. My backup TikTok is Leo Midheaven Lena. Um, and then the podcast now has a TikTok page as well. Please go and give that a follow. It's just the Jesus Witch podcast. So now without any further ado, let's do the best part of the show, which is this week's verse of the day. Or should I say verse of the week? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> the verse is Matthew 7, 13 through 14. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Now, this is a verse that was used against me quite a bit when I was in the evangelical church. And I know for some people hearing it, it might be a little bit triggering. Because even for me reading it and having a different perspective of it, there is a part of me that kind of goes back to that evangelical space and being like, oh my God, I'm on the highway to hell. Like, what am I doing? Like, sort of thing, right? However, I want to point out a very key point of this verse. Ready? But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Think about the evangelical church. Think about the church in general. That is such a broad church. If they were all on the right path, then wouldn't the pathway to heaven be big, right? But it's a narrow pathway to heaven. Only the people who are seeking God's personality, seeking his true kingdom, becoming childlike, doing shadow work, loving their neighbor, giving to others. And I'm not even saying like you have to be a witch to be on this path. No, I'm saying only the people who are following the words of Christ are on this path. Is the church following the words of Christ? I don't know. That's a question for you to answer. Not me. That's hypothetical. That's for you to think about. Um, But think about it. Are you emulating Christ in your life? If you are emulating Christ in your life, then aren't you on that narrow path? Aren't you doing exactly what Jesus asks us to do? That's how I've reworked this verse in my head um, and how I see it now and reading it this way and looking at it through this lens and being like, listen, like I understand how the church uses this verse, but at the end of the day, are they really on the path towards heaven? Because are they acting Christ-like? Uh, you know, that's really, that's what I think about when I look at this verse. And I hope that me sharing that little bit with you inspires you to look at that verse differently as well, especially if it was triggering for you to hear. Um, so again, thank you guys so much for listening to the Jesus Witch Podcast. I will see you next week for another episode. And um, all right, bye.